And uh, so what we're, uh, what we're talking about is real Christianity. And uh, when I begin this class, um, there was some uh, uh, questions that I wanted to be answered. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, how do you know if you're saved? Uh, what's the spiritual dynamics involved in the new birth? Just because you pray a prayer, does it mean you're converted? What should the world expect to see demonstrated in your life when you say, you know what, I'm, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm a Christian. And real Christianity puts demands upon your life. And we're talking about a new nature, new motivation, and etc., and so I've been working through some things um, about conversion. Um, and so uh, I want to read, uh, I'm not sure I want to read all of this uh, for the sake of time. I'm wanting to work through some material this morning. But in John 3 is probably one of the greatest um, uh, texts concerning uh, born again. And a religious man came to Jesus. You're familiar, his name is Nicodemus. And he puts forth the question, Jesus responds, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, this is a strong Greek word, definitely, absolutely, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you must be uh, born again. And so then they go back and forth, the leaves and all of that. Um, uh, Verse uh, 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Uh, This is the condemnation. Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Now, we're going to get into this this morning, I hope, about I can tell what you are, and I can tell your behavior, I can tell your appetite, I can tell you your environment, I can tell who you associate with, By your nature. Your nature determines appetite. Your nature determines environment. Your nature determines association. You don't see a bird hanging out with a cat. Because they have a different nature, it determines their association and environment. And that's what he's saying here. This uh, He's talking about light and darkness... uh, And he's talking about what you love or your passion or your appetite. Everyone practicing evil hates the light 
does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, uh, that they have been done in God. And so we talked, uh, we moved through conversion, uh, born again, uh, new nature. We uh, looked in the scripture, people who, who were converted, and etc. And so I want to, uh, for the sake of those who weren't here, what does this word mean, believe? Uh, Six, seven, eight times he talks about you believe or believe not. What does this mean in the Greek? What what does this word mean? We need to know what words mean. Because it's critical to salvation, Kim. Clinging to, trusting in right now. Okay, uh, Ken. Go ahead. Uh, to to tr- put your trust in. Okay, someone else? Sean. Accept, okay, someone else? It's a strong word. It's a very strong word. Mike. Commit. Okay, Fred. Uh, no doubt. Okay. Okay, Ron. Like glue. Okay, it's true. Adhere, adhere to someone else. Uh, anyone else want to add to this? Uh, does it? Uh, you know, because you ask. Well, of course, I believe. I believe Jesus. Of course, I believe. And they're they're uh, living like they don't believe. So, so we need to probably establish that, uh, what we're talking about when he uses this word believe, uh, because this was the key to the new birth, this was the key to conversion, someone else. Someone else want to add? Uh, yes, Valerie. Well, when I got saved, it was part of faith. Um, I would think that would be another word for belief. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. They come from the same root word, faith. Um, I was looking for the Greek here. Uh, to be persuaded, all of you right, place confidence, uh, persuasion, conviction in God's word, um, uh, where, whereby a faith is born um, uh, in you that now demands change, action, Commitment, etc. If I said in four minutes this whole building is going to cave in on you, and you said, I believe, but you kept sitting here. You see what I'm saying? This word in the Greek um, is a strong word. It's I believe unto now the persuasion of faith um, has caused me to alter my life. It, it doves tail with repentance. The word to repent is not just I'm sorry and you keep doing what you're doing. How many of you know that? The word repent, the Bible, when the Bible used the word repent, it means to reverse action, to literally do an about face. Okay? And so this word that he uses here about believe, this is to believe in the Lord to such a degree that there is a new birth. 
You have convinced God that you're not just believing. It's not just, if I could use the term jailhouse religion. I mean, you know, we've all been there. I'm caught. Lord, help me get out. I'll live for you the rest of my days. You get out. And the first, you know, you can't even get off the block till you're looking for a tavern or club or something. And so, but what it is, it's this belief um, that is to such a dimension that spiritual faith is born. Out of that comes convictions. um, And the Holy Spirit takes up residence. And the Bible says you now are partakers of His divine nature. God takes a part of His nature and literally deposits it in you by the Holy Spirit. You become the temple of the living God. Scripture, right? He no longer dwells in a temple made with stone, but He dwells in the heart of His people. You become living stones. You become the living. In other words, the Holy Spirit now born again, comes in because there's been this faith of this belief, um, this true repentance. Um, the Holy Spirit comes in, takes up resident, and you're a new creation. You have been born again. It's like a, a new birth. You are now different. You have been changed. And so if this does not happen... Then you're not converted. Okay? Any questions at this point? Robert. I went to uh, Marty Carnegie's revival at uh, Mesa Thursday night. And uh, he used a good example. uh, I've shared this in Bible study Friday also. That he used uh, Zacchaeus. Okay? How Zacchaeus, he uh, he would say, I must eat at your house. And they looked on him and said he eaten with sinners. But the way that the thing that Marty did is that he went up on the platform, went behind the platform, went behind the pulpit, and hit himself. And then he came back and he said, he's changed. And he came back down this side. He said that was conversion was he went in, but he came out different. Yeah. You know, he said, unless you, a person is changed and converted, yeah. you know, that's all they have is religion. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, Luke 19, 1 through 10. They saw change. What was the change they saw in Zacchaeus? Huh? Okay, uh, who can quote the scripture a little bit closer? He gave it back, but what did he say? If I've wronged any man, I'll pay him back, what did he say? Four times. That's conversion. And so there's fruits of repentance. And I think that's where you'll know them by their fruit. Remember and I had a hot dog a couple weeks ago and I said, this is a banana. And nobody believed me. Uh, And so, uh, you know, we've tried to use some illustrations. Uh, Your car, you take it in and they put a new engine in it. And it's still sputtering, breaks down. It has no power. It jerks. There's black smoke um, Well, you question whether the engine is new and been changed. And I talked about in Africa a bit. Well, Mary may know something to do with this. But when they have their automobiles worked on in Africa, they have to stay right there with it. 
Because one, they'll take your new parts off and put old parts on and charge you. Uh, uh, and it's a right bid. Well, you know what I'm talking about. It's a big, uh, it's, so you have to watch every minute. You know, you have to watch what they're doing. And because uh, you drive away and they charge you and there's no change. They didn't do. And so, uh, but I want to move on this morning to a new motivation or a, a new um, uh, uh, nature, a quickening, etc. Uh, we talked about born of water, born of the Spirit. Uh, he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, verse 6 of our text. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Now here's the different natures. One is the nature of the flesh, which before you're converted dominates, determines your appetite, determines your environment, determines your associations, It is because of your nature. You do what you do, behave like you behave, associate with who you associate with, and etc. He said when you're born again, now you're born of the Spirit of God um, and you have a new nature. I need Titus 3.5. Who'll get that for me? Israel. Colossians 3.10. Daphne. Uh, Psalms 51.10. Brad. Romans 6.2-7. Uh, Bill Moorhead, Romans 8, verse 9, Sean. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, uh, Jason. Uh, Romans 8, 16, <clears throat> Valerie. Uh, Galatians 4, 6, Robert. Ron Cast, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Uh, Steve, Ephesians 4, uh, verse uh, number 30. And so, uh, Tom, uh, we're getting a lot of heat up here. I don't know how it is in the back, but I'm getting heated up. Maybe it's a Holy Ghost, fire, amen. Uh, So anyway, uh, what we're talking about is this new birth. There's a quickening, okay? There's a quickening. There's a a impartation of the divine nature, amen. Okay, Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Okay, he's talking about regeneration. We're born again by redemption. Of course, that has to do with the blood, what Jesus did on the cross. And by the uh, rejuvenation of the Holy Spirit that takes up dwelling. You become the temple of God. Okay. Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Put on the new man. You have a new knowledge and you're created in God's image. All of this is, is talking about there's a definite change because you've been converted. You have believed. That belief is a dimension of faith um, That now releases the Holy Spirit to take up residence. You're converted. You're born again. There's a quickening, a divine nature. Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew renew a steadfast spirit within me. Okay, this is what David's talking about, you know, is sin. He says, okay, I need a new heart, and I need the renewing of this right spirit. 
That's what we're talking about. And so the Bible, this is why the Bible talks about dead to sin, alive to God. Romans 6, 2 through 7. Uh, God forbid, how shall we that we are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ and were baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. Like that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin, for he... That is dead, is freed from sin. Okay, that's the picture of water baptism. The old man died. The new man is resurrected in Christ Jesus. And because of that resurrection, there should be a demonstration and a likeness to him. Okay, we have taken on his divine nature. Okay, we've taken on, the Bible says, his seed. And so because we have his nature and his seed, we should look like him and act like him. You see this with families around here. Uh, you know, the parents, they have a child. And, you know, daddy walks like this. Um, little Johnny comes along. He's three, three weeks old and he walks like that, you know. He's taken on the nature and the seed, uh, and you pass it. Well, this is the same thing. It's talking about God. Uh, it has to do now we're born of His Spirit. He is imparted to us. We are born again. The old man is dead, etc. Uh, Romans 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. In fact... The Spirit of God dwells in you, and anyone who does not have the Spirit of God, the uh, Spirit of Christ, does not belong to Him. Okay, you're born not in the flesh, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You're born in the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not His. Okay, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. But you're bought with a price. Okay. And so, uh, here you are. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price, the, the precious blood of Jesus, and you've become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay. Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Okay, again, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession Unto the praise of his glory. Okay, uh, Rome, or Ephesians 4.30. 
And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Okay, sealed, all of these words, um, grieve not the Holy Spirit, etc. And it's just like uh, as a child, uh, I did things that grieved my mother and father. Uh, People down the street, they could care less. But because I was born of their seed, it grieved them. How I behaved myself, conducted myself, breaking their heart. Like I say, people across, or even a neighbor, uh, they might have been a little concerned, but they weren't great. This is true of God. When you're born again, you have taken on His nature. He now dwells within you. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. That's why it upsets me when someone can say, I'm born again. And the Spirit, that what they're saying is the Holy Spirit lives within me and I'm going to fornicate or I'm going to curse or I'm going to, uh, you know, it's, it's, and I understand temptation and all of those things and, and thank God for His mercy, but I'm after something here. You must understand that there's new passion when you're born again. There's new appetite. There's new desire because you have a new nature. Salvation is not just a mechanical thing where you say, quote, the right words. But now you have a moral relationship with Jesus Christ that has changed you. It is miraculous. So I want to talk about the new nature. 2 Peter 1.4, who will get that for me? 2 Peter 1.4, Dave, if you'll get that. Uh, Benny, 1 Peter 2. First Peter one twenty three, so let's. I want to move into this new nature, and then we'll open up for some questions. Second Peter one four. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. First Corinthians one four. Second Peter one four. First Okay, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, escape the corruption of the world through lust because we are partakers of his divine nature. First Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Okay, we're born again of incorruptible seed. This deter- your seed determines who you look like. It determines your nature. Uh, you put a grain of corn, a seed of corn in the ground, it's going to come out looking like corn. It's not going to come out apples or thorns. Okay? And so what he's saying is this seed, this incorruptible seed has been deposited in you. You now are partakers of a divine nature. This incorruptible seed, uh, you're going to have a certain appearance. Okay, I want to move. Your new, this word nature, this this word divine nature, this word nature, uh, it constitutes the species, the living creature. It's an an inward deposit, okay, that determines moral habit. It's an inward impulse. It's an instinctive. It's a constitution. 
In essence, it makes up the qualities that make you what you are. That's your nature. Your nature is that inward that determines what kind of species you are. In the living world, that's the natural. It, it, in essence, it makes up those qualities that make you what you are. So now the divine nature is in you. This is going to determine your appetite. At Granny's in Illinois, we have a bird feeder. I don't have one here. The only thing you attract is pigeons. Maybe not totally true, but but I have a bird feeder there. When I'm back there, I, especially in the wintertime, I enjoy filling this thing up. It's right out from the porch, uh, and it's hanging there on a, on a rod, and there's flowers and things around. These birds come in. Very, I would be very, very concerned if I saw my neighbors out there. They'd set a table. They have candles burning, silverware china on the table, two chairs, a husband and his wife, and they're serving their dinner out of that bird feeder. Right? That would be really strange. Why? Because normal people don't eat bird seed, especially under candlelight. We have a different nature. It's a wonderful thing when a bird has that appetite, but if you do that, we're going to have you committed. My grandson, Colin, little Colin, he's running around here somewhere, um, um, got a dog for Aunt Alyssa for Christmas, a little puppy dog. His name's Chester. We had him in our house so we could have the big surprise at Christmas time. So we had dog food there. Little Colin, he comes, his jaws are like this. I mean, and I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm, I says, you know, I haven't fed you. You know, I'm babysitting him. <laughs> what have you got? It? And my, my worst thought's poo-poo, you know. <laughs> And he opened, I said, open your mouth, boy. And here it comes, man, dog food, man. They're just coming out everywhere. And I'm telling him, I said, son, Campbell's don't eat dog food. Come on. Our fowls don't eat dog food either. Amen. And so why? Because we're training him. That's the wrong appetite. How would you feel? He's a dating age, going to get married. Um, he takes his girlfriend down to the outback. He's wanting to impress her. He pulls a plastic bag out of his pocket and dumps dog food in his plate and says, I prefer this. Okay, now th- those are hu- humorous. And uh, so in Africa, I've seen the giraffes, and they have an unusual uh, system. It's their nature. They eat these thorns high in the trees, um, Uh, And you're wondering, how in the world do they digest these things? But it's their nature. Squirrels eat nuts. Your nature, when you're born again, determines a new appetite. You now have a passion for a different kind of food, spiritual food. I was in Malaysia, I remember... Uh, registered in my mind, these people came one service. They had this little boy. He was demon-possessed. He's probably three or four. And he had chewed the end of his fingers off, literally. And so they had him strapped, this pathetic-looking thing, both hands just eaten down. The fingernails almost gone is a horrendous uh, thing. And so that was unnatural to have that kind of appetite, a self 
destructive appetite. That is sin. The Bible says you will hunger and thirst for righteousness. I can tell by your appetite the dimension of your conversion. Amen? Don't tell me you're saved and you have absolutely no appetite for God's things. Amen. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's saying if you have an appetite for all of those things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride, I'm not living in there. I can tell by your appetite. This has to do with passion. It has to do with desire. When I got saved, I wanted to read the Word of God. Before I was born again, I had an appetite for church. I wanted to be in the house of God. I had a new appetite for prayer. This is why Peter says, when you backslide, your appetite changes. You're like a dog returning to its own vomit. What that means is, why does a dog vomit? Because something inside's killing it. And so it upchucks it. That's what happened when you get saved. That's called deliverance. You begin to upchuck things that are internal that are killing you, right? And he says, but, but when you backslide, one of the things you can tell when you're backsliding is you go over and begin to pick back up things and that once you upchucked. That's how you can tell you're backsliding. If you don't believe me, get the tape. It's $27,000. Okay, but there's a new appetite. Your nature determines appetite. That's true in everything in life. Your nature determines environment. Fish live in water. Why? That's their nature. Birds up high, they fly. Pigs live in a wallow, a mud, a mole. Illinois grannies, we have mole problem once in a while. They're little furry creatures. They live underground. They, they're blind. And, um, you know, they tear up your yard and everything. Uh, when I was just in London last week, you may have caught it on the press here, there was this whale got into the Thames River. And the whole, the whole city, I turn on the news, all you can see, these people down there weeping. And, and uh, the environmentalists, man, my, I mocked them bad. And uh, they got uh, boats down there, big uh, booms. Uh, they've got slings under this whale. And uh, they're trying to get this whale back into the ocean because they know that this whale is out of its environment and it's going to kill it. it. has to live in salt water plus the Thames is shell in places. It's cutting itself and, and et cetera. So will you. You begin to move into a, an alien environment for a Christian. You will die just like that whale. All the money, all the weeping, all the tears. They got it in this slang. They got it almost to the water and it died junkyard dead, man. And uh, dead, man. It's, it's a whale. Come on. And so I preached, you know, abort a baby, save a whale. Okay, 
Are you with me? Your environment. When I got saved, I changed my environment. I didn't go to the clubs anymore. Okay? There was areas and and environment that I would not put myself in. I had enough sense to understand if I got in that environment, very possibly I would die. And that's what happens to people. They're converted. They put themselves in the wrong environment. And that's what's in our text. If you look back with me, John chapter 3, this is what Jesus is talking about. Verse 19, And this is the condemnation, that the light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may clearly see, be seen that they've been done in God. And so there's an environment of deception here. They love darkness rather than light. They hated truth. Truth was light. And so when you're saved, you love the environment of truth. It's light in here. I used to go to the clubs. I don't know what today. They were always dark. And, you know, even the dance floor, they have it lit up with all the strobes and everything. But you really couldn't see, you know. Nobody wanted to see. Because our deeds were evil. And so it was a different environment. Your nature determines your environment. Okay? Your nature determines association. You don't see birds Hanging out with cats. Okay? Right? Don't see horses hanging out with rattlesnakes. They even have different names for it. When there's a group of lions together, they call it a pride. Numbers of sheep, they call it a flock, cattle, herds, and it goes on and on. And even in the natural, you see this. You know, you normally don't see a a guy that's into hip-hop hanging out with a cowboy. Right? I mean, and, and so th- this is true in all of life. And the Bible talks over and over all together, one accord, one place, assembly, all of this. Um, and so uh, your nature determines association because you have common interest. You have common pursuits. If you violate this, it's deadly. It's deadly. Back to grannies again. These birds come. They can tell, the cats I think tell when I'm in town. The bird feeder is going to have seeds. The nature of the birds, they're going to be after the seeds. And so uh, I got a lady lives up the street. Uh, uh, she's got many cats. They're, they are quite pretty, but she got a lot of them. And uh, so they come down, I see them, they come down stalking. And they're coming down and they're working. There's two or three of them and they're working. And they're after these, and it's amazing, man. You ever see a cat? Man, they, they hunched, and they, you know, they, I mean, just incredible. I, it's fun to watch them. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping they'll catch a bird once in a while, really g- get a little action in the drama. Um, but it's the nature. Let me tell you a story. We're there in the wintertime, and there's this cat uh, jumping up on the door, and everything is a good, good, beautiful cat. 
and and we're we're there. This is around Thanksgiving, and it's cold. Uh, and I couldn't believe this cat's one come in, come around my leg, man. I open the door, run in the house, and and it's trying to you know it's trying to talk to me. It can't talk to me. We got different nature, you know. And uh, and I go to bed finally, and Connie and Grandma and Eunice and all of them were up, and the cat members jumping up in the window and everything. And come to find out the next day, I think it was James Schultz or someone went outside and here's this box and she'd had her babies and it's outside. So she's trying to get them in an environment so they can survive. Me, my heart, I bring them all in, put them in the kitchen there, you know, where it's nice and warm. And we had cats and baby kittens for a few days until we left. And my neighbor who loves cats, we gave them all to her. And so now she got a lot more cats. But the environment, she knew instinctively for those babies to live, the environment was critical. That's true of you. Listen to me, new convert. The demonic strategy of hell will be around trying to get you into a deadly environment. The demonic strategy of hell will be trying to get you into a deadly association. Those birds know when the cats are about. Okay? A deadly association, a deadly environment, a deadly appetite. He will try to entice you. That's what temptation is. He'll try to entice you to partake of things that have the ability to kill this new birth. Are you listening to me? And so, if you don't grasp this, somewhere, if you're not very, very careful, you'll be deceived. And so, when I got saved, one of the things I did, um, I witnessed all my friends. I didn't go away and live in a, in a cave somewhere. But I, you've heard me tell the story. Here they come. All these biker friends are there. Hey, come on, man. Come on, come on. Go. I says, no, I'm not going. You know I'm not going, et cetera. And they, they said, hey, we know you got saved. You don't have to party, et cetera. Just right. But I understood instinctively there was something there that had to do with my past um, environment of sin. You heard me tell the story. My brother knocking on the door, uh, uh, come home from the military, arms full, full of alcohol, Sonny, I love you, but you're not bringing that in my house. He had a fit and all kinds of things, uh, but he died an alcoholic. And so what those were, those were demonic strategies through people that I loved, people I cared about, friendships, um, that were trying to lure me into an environment or trigger an old appetite of my flesh that have the ability to kill me. That's how you catch fish. Is you throw, you hide the bait uh, behind something that triggers the appetite of their nature. And that's another sermon. Nature determines, your nature determines your danger. We're talking about a new nature in Christ, and I'm going to have to uh, move here and close very quickly. Water is no danger to a fish. But every summer here in the valley, one of the tragedies you hear on the radio is someone's child. Uh, had got it through a door, uh, access to a pool. We have grandchildren. If you've been to my house, one of the things we did as our grandkids came is we put a fence around our pool. And it's about so high and et cetera. 
and one and we got a little uh, Aunt Alyssa's can climb like uh, you know an acrobatic and so she we had she had a little picnic table. I caught her she pulled her little picnic table over the table got up on the table had the top of this fence I'm talking about just a top of this fence and she's pulling up and uh, uh, she didn't get over the fence uh, and uh, but but what this is is we understand. Uh, your nature determines the environment, whether it's conducive or deadly. Rats can live in a garbage dump. But you take your child over there, they'll be diseased. This is what happens in Mexico, various places around the world where they don't have an option. I need 2 Corinthians six seventeen. Who will get that for me? Uh, you know... Uh, I want a few questions here. Uh, just forget, write it down. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Romans 16, 17, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22. Your nature determines your abilities. I can't run like a deer. But I have the talent of Michael Jordan. No. <laughs> By faith, all things are possible to them that believe God. <laughs> a cheetah I've read they can run 70 miles an hour I've never seen one live I've seen some video in Africa one. I don't have the eyes of an eagle bats they tell me have like a radar that directs them but because I have God's nature and so do you when you're born again there are abilities that are now associated and a company and are a part of that nature. Philippians 4.13. Who'll get that for me? Quickly, just a couple of them. Uh, Benny, 2 Peter 1.3. We get that again. 2 Peter 1.3. Dave. Peter, not Corinthians. Okay. Uh, uh, So so here, all of this, um, we understand this in the natural. We understand in the natural, if you, the, your nature determines your ability. You, you know, you, you can be one of the greatest swimmers in America, but you'll never be able to swim like a fish. I can remember being in the Navy, and these porpoises, we'd be, we'd be doing uh, 22 knots, about 40 miles an hour, and they'd pass us like we're standing still. Beautiful. They'd be, you know, out there, and uh, dolphins similar. And because of their nature. Are you following me? And so your nature determines what is a dangerous environment. It determines your abilities. It determines your appetites. It determines who you associate with. All of these. So God says, I give you my nature. I've given you my nature. I've taken my divine nature and imparted it into you. And so there ought to be an appetite for what I have an appetite for. There ought to be a desire to live in an environment. You ought to associate with who I enjoy associating with. Because I've given you a new nature. Appetite. You know, it's like kids. uh, No doubt what you were raised on when you were small, what your parents ate. If you grew up in a Chinese home, you'd love Chinese food. Eating with the chopsticks would be normal. And it's various in various different cultures. This is true. If you're born of God and in the family of God 
and you're raised in the house of God, there should be an appetite for spiritual food that is in God's family and His nature. That's why I say, don't tell me you're converted and there's no fruit. Don't tell me you're born again. That is acceptable nowhere in nature or society. Give me this scripture real quick. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Okay, that's an ability that was deposited before God. I can live clean now. I can say no to things I used to couldn't say no to because His nature is in me. Amen. These wonderful qualities begin. This is why you get converted, man. Now you have access to things. You can pray prayers and and before almost you can wake up the next morning. A brother was telling me this morning, God answering his prayers before he can almost wake up. That's because you're born again, a new nature. You're in God's family. You speak to him as a child, crying out, Abba, Father, Second Peter 1, 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. Okay, uh, two or three minutes. Questions, statements, anything you want to uh, inject, input, etc. This is why the thing that hindered me, and, and, and go ahead, just interrupt me if you got something, wave at me. Uh, I looked at, I looked at uh, church people. I came to church a few times. Okay, I looked and I said, man, I can never be like that. I might want to even be like that. But I can't. I can't do that. Nick. Yeah, the reason I knew I was born again is because I was kind of raised in church, you know, growing up um, where I grew up at. Um, but I really never wanted to go, you know. It was always a chore. I never really cared to be there. But when I got saved, it was weird I really desperately desired to be in the house of God. And when I found myself back in the bar or the club after I got saved, I felt out of place. I didn't belong. But nothing had changed, just me. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's a sign of born again. I, uh, I remember this one guy I despised. I mean, I just, I just despised him. If I seen him, I'd go. And one of the reasons I knew I was saved, I, I mean, I would just, this guy disgusted me. And um, uh, he was a Christian. And that was probably part of it. And just his whole uh, demeanor and everything, you know, when I was unsaved, it just uh, he just disgusted me. I knew his father. They had a store. I'd go in sometimes. This guy would try to wait on me, I, you know. And after I got saved, I saw this guy. And I didn't feel that. And I went up to him, took his hand. I said, you know what, Ronnie? I got saved, man. I was born again. And he was so happy for me. And, I mean, th- th- there was a new nature. Mike, I went to a to a secular wedding, worldly wedding. Uh, my wife and I did. My mother-in-law made the dresses and everything. But anyways, when we was there, uh, I don't think I would have ever caught it had I not been saved. But there was a blessing put on the meal and the time, and there was a bar like right next to the preacher. And I wouldn't have put two and two together if I was not saved. You know what I mean? That was just. Uh, a funny thing, so. Yeah, uh, 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 trying to, I want to make sure I say this, I'll just wait. Clement gave me all this information when I was in England, and uh, some of the things they were doing to try to get people to stay in church, 
Uh, one of them was uh, the football's big over there, you know, soccer and all that. And so they had the video playing. The sound was off, but they had the video playing while the preacher's preaching so the people would come. No sound, but I mean, they could at least watch, you know. What is, is today the Super Bowl? Next week, okay. It's not going to be playing here. Uh, in any, uh, any form or fashion, it's not going to be playing. Okay. So, um, did someone else have a hand up back through here? Uh, Israel. Name like that. Praise God. Okay, go ahead. A real, a real Christian doesn't willfully sin. Right. And what, and what he's saying. I agree that. What he's saying is, uh, when you're a Christian, naturally we're we're born sinners, and so when you become a Christian, you don't want to willfully sin right. because you're changed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's in Romans. You don't willfully sin when you're born. That's because you have a different nature. Fred, did you want to make a statement? Okay, then we got it. I just wanted to say that um, over all these years now, how hard it had been to stop drinking alcohol and stop smoking cigarettes, I know it, it had to be God to help me do it because it's been a month and I haven't wanted another cigarette, wanted another beer. Haven't you know, had a cigarette God. or alcohol in a month. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, God bless you. Uh, so we expect you to act like angels because you have His nature. The Lord bless you this morning.